Welcome back, listeners. As always, I'm your host, Chip Roberts. And I'm Nadia. On this week's episode of Gone Without a Trace, we cover the somewhat obscure case of Charlotte Jessica Miller, a young woman who vanished on her journey home from her first year of university. This was one I'd never heard of before researching it. Yeah, me neither. Creeps me out, though. This one really is like one of those seemingly genuinely vanished without a trace sort of cases. Just really, like, up and gone. Today's story brings us to Canada, to the small mountain town of Coleman, Alberta. Specifically, a gas station along Alberta's Highway 3, part of the Southern Trans-Canada Highway. Let's get into the facts. Charlotte, or Jess, as she often went by her second name, was a student enrolled in her first undergraduate year of the philosophy program at the University of Alberta in Edmonton, the province's capital. The school had just come to its summer break, and Jess, born and raised in Cranbrook, British Columbia, the next province over, was making the drive home to her parents, Matthew and Elaine Miller. Jess was born June 23, 1997, and was an only child. According to her parents, she was a bright child hardworking, and a curious but gentle spirit. Her teachers growing up described her as inquisitive, insightful, and always kind to the other students. In university, her professors described Jess as a dedicated and intelligent student. She achieved good grades in all her classes, maintaining a 3.9 GPA as she participated in extracurricular clubs and volunteer opportunities. She was described by her roommates as thoughtful, the kind of person who always wanted to help. Now, Edmonton is a roughly 7-hour, 875-kilometer drive from her home in Cranbrook, and Highway 3 is one of the most direct ways to travel through the mountains from Alberta to southern British Columbia. The Crow's Nest Pass, which is a roughly 40-kilometer stretch through the southern Alberta Rockies, is a beautiful section of highway, well-traveled, bordered closely by mountains, and populated by a series of small towns. This highway runs directly through Coleman, which has a population of about 1,500 people. It was a trip her parents said Jess had made a couple times before, though this was the first time she was attempting it on her own. And the stretch of highway itself was one that she was very familiar with. Again, it is the most direct way out of the mountains in this region. Cranbrook sits along the British Columbia side of Highway 3. It isn't even out of the question to think that she may have stopped at this very gas station before. At roughly 7.43pm on Tuesday, June 13th, 2017, just 10 days before her birthday, Jess's car, a silver sedan, pulled into a gas station directly off the highway. She had made the bulk of her journey already and just needed to fill up for that final stretch. She had paid for a full tank of gas right before she disappeared. Now, witness testimony by the gas station attendant says that Jess entered the store, greeted them, and stepped into one of the aisles, but they do not remember noticing her leaving. There were two other customers in the store, both whose statements say a similar thing. She entered the store, and she was witnessed being in the store, but no one was ever able to place when she left. 
security footage from the gas station, which, by the way, it's worth noting that there was only a camera outside and not inside, shows Jess entering the gas station, but does not show her leaving. It shows her car parked right outside, completely untouched, all night. Jess was reported missing by her parents the next day when she never made it home and they were unable to contact her. It was soon discovered that her car, inside of which was still her phone, wallet, although there was no cash inside, and all of her belongings she was bringing home for the summer had seemingly been abandoned. Clothes, uh, some food, textbooks, and a laptop all packed in backpacks and duffel bags. It was all left behind. It's also worth noting that disappearances are unfortunately decently common in this area. Abandoned vehicles are a common finding, though more often than not on the side roads and mountain roads. And those cases, when they are solved, almost always end with the remains of the missing person being located. But the odd nature of the disappearance gripped local police and public alike. The gas station was searched and screened extensively with nothing turning up. A search of the nearby mountains and heavy wooded areas was organized, with civilians, search and rescue, and police and RCMP alike all participating in several nights of searching on foot. Her parents made the two-hour drive from Cranbrook to participate and reportedly drove the length of the pass, putting up missing persons posters in each town. Posters even made it as far as Edmonton where she went to school. Active searching lasted a while, but any trails they had quickly went cold. They never found any trace of her. The summer passed. The school year started. No sign of her ever appeared. No new leads ever arose. The case is still open, and the police are still asking the public for any information that may be relevant to the case. Matthew and Elaine have created a website detailing the case more thoroughly, and there's a whole bunch of resources on there. Not only about Jess's case, but a few others like hers. There's currently a $10,000 reward for any information leading to significant development in the case, according to the website. There have only really been a few solid theories about what happened that June evening to Jess Miller. The overwhelming lack of evidence and strange abandoning of all her belongings is what often leads most people to believe our first theory. Theory number one. She ran away. While Matthew and Elaine initially insisted this would have been entirely out of character for Jess and that there were no factors that would prompt such behavior, we know that's unfortunately not enough of a defense against this theory. It was argued that Jess was undergoing a substantial life change. She was starting university, she had just moved away from home, new city, new province. Jess's roommates, when interviewed, did say that Jess, like most first-year students, had some trouble adjusting to the stress of post-secondary school. Having grown up in the mountains, there were a few instances in which she reminisced about returning to the place she grew up and joked about buying a cabin and living simply and reclusively as a means of avoiding responsibility. Okay, but even I've made that joke, so... Oh, yeah, I mean, same. I'd love to just go to the mountains, have a cabin, maybe like a goat or something. That doesn't mean I'm gonna do it. But you could. Yeah, and that's what this theory's suggesting, is that she could've. An adult with free will, she'd had a job for a few years, so she had her own money. It wasn't out of the question. Except that none of it ever left her bank account after she vanished. She had made a cash withdrawal about a month earlier, but it was only for about $300. Her roommates did also report that she seemed happy. She made a point of getting involved, spoke about how much she was enjoying her classes, and specifically how much she was looking forward to going home for the summer. One news source stated police searched to see if Jess perhaps had any partners or relationships that her parents or friends didn't necessarily know about or disapproved of that may have encouraged her to run away, but they found none. Again, though, 
All of this doesn't necessarily disqualify this theory, we're just reporting all the facts as we know them. Evidence cited as support of this theory is mainly the fact that she left everything behind, especially her wallet and phone. Her cards, her ID, her car, all of these were traceable things and the only thing that could be used to contact her. And with no body or evidence of harm being found and a lack of pursuable trails, this was and remains the most popular theory. And if that's the case, who knows? Maybe she'll reappear one day. It's a nice thought. She's just hanging out, needed a break, might come back. Yeah, exactly. Theory number two is less optimistic, unfortunately and understandably, and contains within it a couple little micro-theories. But theory number two, Jess unfortunately lost her life. Like we mentioned earlier, it's not rare for people to disappear in this area, especially along this stretch of highway. Abandoned cars are not especially rare, though remains of the person are often discovered later. The abandoned cars are typically in more remote areas, though this isn't by any means disqualifying, and some theorize that we just haven't found her remains yet. Theories within this theory range from just wandering off into the woods of the nearby mountain area, getting lost, and dying from exposure, or getting eaten by a bear or cougar, to just being killed, either by an unknown suspect or even by the gas station attendant. The concrete evidence against the last theory is substantially stronger than the circumstantial evidence for it, but it's been thrown around the internet and included for the sake of thorough journalism. There is very little concrete evidence to support any one homicide theory over the others, and that's all any of them are, theories. Over many sources, it's speculated perhaps that she was lured away from the gas station through the back entrance where there was also no camera. No testimonies report seeing her exit out that way, but no witness testimony report seeing her exit full stop. So, who's to say? Who's to say? The fact she left her phone and wallet in the car is also often called into question as an odd choice. Now, how was she planning to pay? If she went in to get stuff, why leave her wallet in the car? People think maybe she just forgot and would have gone back to get it. Some people cite the lack of cash in the wallet or anywhere in the car to imply that she was paying cash. Ah, fair. She'd been driving a while. It's also argued that it's not totally out there to think that she was tired and it was just an absent-minded moment. Is that used against the runaway theory? Sometimes. But also not having her phone in these theories where she's in danger meant she couldn't let anyone know she was in danger. So yeah, it's used to kind of not refute the runaway theory, but just as this element of the situation that doesn't definitely exclude anything, including the theories where she lost her life. Because if she'd had her phone, we'd probably have more to go on. Well, yeah. So whether she forgot it or deliberately left it, it's impossible to know. I imagine if you lean more towards the theory that she got lost or murdered, you'd kind of lament it as this thing that, like, could have saved her, or at least made it easier to find her. Considering how spotty the service can be out there, I'm not so sure the phone would have helped her. True. On the security camera outside the gas station, there's one lead the police did try to follow up on, with very little luck. According to the timestamp on the footage, about 10 minutes before Jess arrived, a black truck pulled into a parking space alongside the gas station, just barely visible on the cameras, closer to the back. The driver remains in the vehicle as Jess pulls into the pump, fills up her tank, and then advances forward again into the parking space before going inside. 
Immediately, the driver of the truck exits the vehicle and walks around the back of the store, out of view of the camera. About 35 minutes later, at 8.24 p.m., the driver returns from behind the gas station, puts out a cigarette on the ground before getting into their truck and speeding away. The truck and the driver were identified a week later, and the driver, a 37-year-old man whose name I will not share for illegal reasons, was questioned by the police. His statement is essentially that he got out to smoke, walk around after a long drive, and claimed he didn't even notice or speak to Jess. Police confirmed they were previously unknown to each other, but couldn't definitely confirm whether or not they ever crossed paths behind the gas station. There was no DNA evidence or material around the scene, but there was mud on the man's boots that matched mud found some 30 meters behind the gas station. Passing a polygraph and giving consistent testimony several times to the police, this man was soon dropped as an active suspect. But those who know the case often share the opinion that further investigation into this lead was warranted. That being said, as of now, no new evidence has really surfaced to suggest that Jess lost her life that evening. But there is also no real evidence to deny it as a possibility. Theory number three is a little more vague and out there. It's based on statements that are not officially regarded or really considered legitimate due to the nature of the testimony. But one witness, in a statement we didn't mention before, reported briefly seeing an odd, colorful light and hearing an almost music-like ringing from the aisle that Jess was browsing. When they turned to look, however, it and Jess were gone. Like she was abducted by aliens from inside the store. Which is a theory that we didn't talk about because... Because some of us are cowards. Because you know why. Can they even do that? What? Like, aliens, could they abduct you from inside somewhere? Don't say can they, like they're real. There's no such thing as aliens. Right, but, but like, how would we even know, though? Why would they abduct someone from inside a gas station? Maybe they made a mistake. You can't expect them to be perfect. <laughs> Can you imagine if they were, like, trying to grab something else and then all of a sudden there's just a person there? You think they're inside their UFO? Like, oh shit, oh shit, our bad, dude. <laughs> they came for some Cheetos and they're like, oh shit, shit, wrong button, wrong button. And the other alien guy's like, shit, 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 what's the undo button? What? How do I reverse it? <laughs> so what? In this scenario, has she been chilling with aliens this whole time? I'd like to think so. Like, if these aliens are picking up snacks from a gas station, they gotta be cool. Maybe it was for game night or something, and the first theory applies. She just needed to get away from her life here. They gave her an out. Yeah, but like, abducted? Forcefully removed. Even if she eventually agreed, it's not like she had a say. That's kind of sad. Not not even kinda. That's That's a lot sad. I mean, yeah. True. All these theories are sad, though. True. And if the light wasn't aliens... If it was there at all... Then what was it? Who's to say? Unfortunately, with this show, we don't have the answers. Just the facts. And the facts we know are that Jess Miller vanished on her journey home along Highway 3 in the Crow's Nest Pass, Alberta, one evening in June 2017. And she, essentially, disappeared without a trace. That's going to do it for this episode, folks. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Links to our socials and the website set up by the Millers we mentioned earlier will be included in the description. You can find the facts more in detail there, as well as information about similar cases. 
You folks know we believe in the importance of bringing information about these cases to the public, in the hopes that the lost can be found, to ensure that these people don't get forgotten, wherever they may be. Until we meet again.